I need to be the one that that preserves or protects what we have going on. Like I need to be the one because I'm I'm capable. Just because we wear a uniform, it's not doesn't mean that we're all the same. We may look similar, but we are not all the same. But I just don't personally uh, care to dwell on something that could happen. I could die tomorrow riding my bike, just the same as I could die on a deployment. When you have something to wake up for and something to look forward to, it helped me, you know, not not think about the war so much. If you can't get down to the awful, the very dark truths about yourself and address them, then you're not going to improve. I've seen some bad side of humanity, but I really feel like I have seen a good side. Things I've done, you know, all the places I've been, all the cases I've worked on. It's humbling in a way of like, you know, justice was served. I don't want mm -hmm. people to feel or deal with what I dealt with. What do you know about the personal life of a soldier? Listen to From Words to Ideas podcast and find out. Available on all major podcast platforms. Most of the time, we review books that we really like here on The Book Boys. Other times, we review books that stink. And when a book really stinks, we get fussy. So this is a warning that sometimes we'll swear on this podcast, or sometimes the material that we're reviewing will be adult in nature. So keep that in mind as you listen to this week's episode. Ben! Huh? <laughs> this is the third false start. Uh, how's your week, Ben? <laughs> that you can talk about that's appropriate and we don't go into a hole, we gotta restart because we can't record it. Good. Thanks for asking. Nice. Yes. Oh, me? Yeah. Oh, I've got a couple... I don't know. You don't care. A couple small things. Well, I noticed your... Nah, you don't care. Your clothes look very dry. Well, as we talked about in the... Uh, when we went to have our beer and burger, um, I... As is tradition. I have a, uh, I have a working dryer again, which some people in Germany are going to be very disappointed to hear. Wait, some people? Yeah. Some people. Okay. Anyways... Uh, there's uh, a, a person in Germany who is so happy every single freaking time I say that my dryer isn't working, which is kind of a running gag. I know no one cares. I think it's funny to keep bringing it up all the time. But I have been for like five months. And, uh, oh, she thinks it's hilarious. Oh, it's the one anchor that she knows. Uh, the one thing that'll never change. Well, that changed. You can't count on anything. Yeah. Life is undependable, uh, just like my dryer, which currently works. So I know uh, it's it's so refreshing to see you wearing. I, I got so used to you wearing damp clothes everywhere, but now they're <laughs> they're bone dry. No, you mean cardboard clothes where yeah. it's like rising up off my shoulders and hitting up by my ears. Yeah, I know. No, I'm wearing normal clothes like a normal human being again, and I love it. That and uh, I had to. Uh, the city told me I have these two giant trees that are next to my house and real, real close to my neighbor's house. Like, our houses are practically touching. They you almost did, you didn't know each other. You didn't know you had two big trees until the city told you? No, I mean, I did, but then the city came and said, those are dead, uh, you got to get oh, those taken dead. down, and you only got a couple weeks to do it. And, like, and my neighbor's got a tree over there, too, so we had to join forces and get the trees cut down. Uh, so that finally happened today, where the trees got cut down. Um, it's a big day. Totally a big day. Uh, so... Uh, they came at about like nine o'clock in the morning and they had big cranes and uh, big machinery to take it all down. And it's all impressive. And the trees are gigantic. So they're big, huge, heavy things. So it's of course terrifying to watch them do it. So I did watch for a little bit. I stood outside. And Wait, I how like, heavy oh. do you think they are? How much do you think one weighs? Yeah. And that's where this joke is going. Cause I've already told Ben this story. Uh, my neighbor who was in on it since we had to team up to get these trees taken down all together. Uh, he decided to sit outside all day and watch them. Watch them cut down the trees next to his house that he could just do from a window. But he sat out, and my lawn is the lawn that has the best view, so he literally put a chair in my front lawn and sat there with beers at like 10 o'clock in the morning uh, and a plate of food around noon and uh, just sat out there. Every time a tree guy walked by, he'd go... Because they'd be, like, taking part of the trunk, and it's massive, and they're pulling it away with this giant crane. And he goes, what do you, you think that's a, you think that's a ton? And the guy who's operating the crane with a little remote control is like, yeah, I don't know, I guess. And he started kind of waddling away further and further away from the guy. <laughs> and so he just sat out there. He sat out there all day. I left to go do some work stuff. 
Because you're I, fully employed now. I'm fully an employed man now. That's another thing that's, uh, you know, my unemployment is not an anchor in your life. I'm also employed now. Things change. Uh, so uh, I came back and I saw him sitting in the backyard and I said, oh, did I miss anything? You know, doing neighborly talk. And he seemed a little annoyed, like I'm distracting him. Uh, like, don't talk to me. <laughs> and so I was like, well, what's going on? He's like, nothing. You didn't miss anything. And I was like, okay. Uh, so is it all done? He's like, no, they're going to come trim this tree. So he sat in his backyard because there's a tree back there where they were going to trim off some dead branches. It wasn't even cutting down a whole tree. Yeah. But man, he had to he had to watch every single second of it. So I put up a photo on Twitter of him sitting in my yard with his beers and his plate of food. <laughs> oh, and he put a GoPro camera out there too because he wanted to do a time lapse video of it. Oh my god! And he told me, "Oh yeah, yeah, I'll will send you I'll send you the time lapse. Uh, I think you'll really like it." And I had to be like, "Oh yeah, that'd be great. Thanks, I really appreciate that." And then at one point, he wanted to get a better angle, so he stopped the time lapse to move the camera. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that defeats the point of the time lapse. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then people around the neighborhood seeing the giant crane taking the big logs out, uh, everyone was stopping. I had two cars pull up and stop and talk to me because I, I stood out in the yard for because they were really doing this one big one. I'm like, well, I kind of want to see. I'm not going to sit out here all day, but I'll take like 15 minutes to watch this. So I sit out there and... Uh, a, a truck pulls up and the guy's like, oh, you're doing your trees. <laughs> and I go, yeah. Uh, another one pulls up and goes, oh, yeah, that, that looks like a lot of work. You're going to be out here all day? And I was like, no, I have a job. Um, and then <laughs> another neighbor crossed through my backyard from the alley to come up and look. And I was like, what the fuck are you? Get the fuck off my lawn. Why are there people just randomly walking across my backyard now to come see the tree show? With these people, it was like the whitest, most suburban thing I could have ever experienced. And this part I didn't tell you, and this is completely true. A man and a woman, this is around 11 o'clock, you know, in the morning. Mm-hmm. A man and a woman on a tandem bike, like the lover's oh, bike you see cute. movies. Yeah, I know what a tandem bike is. Okay. Yeah. They were biking along, and the guy goes, looks like a three-beer job. <laughs> 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 on a tandem bike with his wife just kind of smiling with a weird grin and waving. And I was just like, what is this weird fantasy? This is, everything was insane. And I hated the entire thing. I hated every goddamn moment of it. Yeah, it's good show fodder, though, isn't it? Is it good show fodder? I don't know. Well, My, well let the listeners, is this good fodder or not? Let us know. <laughs> yeah, why don't you guys email us? Yeah. <laughs> did you know that I also have an ice cream uh, truck that goes through my neighborhood? I did not know that. A for real ice cream truck like okay. I have not seen since I was a child in my crap neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. It goes up and down. Mm-hmm. And uh, my neighbor next door had their kids, uh, like families, I don't know, like nephews and stuff, little tiny kids over. Uh, and so the ice cream truck was just barreling down the street, playing the music, but kind of going over the speed limit of our neighborhood street. <laughs> and the, the neighbor's the neighbor's wife was running down going, ice cream man, ice cream man, <laughs> like trying to get him to stop because the kids wanted ice cream. <laughs> And, did, well, uh, did, did he stop? He did stop, but like another block down. I think he, maybe he was just taking a rest. I don't know. Man, he was barreling down. Well, can he turn off the music if he's doing that? I mean, I think he's just like doing his time. Like there must be a GPS thing. And he's just like, yeah, I zigzagged. I did the grid. Now I'm going home kind of thing. Like, I don't think he really <laughs> wanted to. And also the ice cream is like $4 per ice cream. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So. Oh, you're okay. So you're a curmudgeon now. Yeah, a little bit of curmudgeon. Yeah, it's, just, it's called inflation. That's how much ice cream goes through these days. Does it? Apparently. I can go down to Costco, and I can get myself a whole bunch for four bucks. Not just one. Mm-hmm. You know, Menards has great uh, groceries. Have you been to Menards? Are you going to sell them to the neighborhood children, then? <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Maybe I'll up- Maybe that's, that's the racket. What they do is they go to Menards, and they get a bunch uh-huh. of ice cream, and then they upcharge it like crazy yeah. to make a profit. Okay. That's how they get you. So you're going to be the creepy old man on the block with, like, the ice cream stand in his front yard, like, <clears throat> hey, children, look what you can get for $3 over here. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah, you don't want to go to that ice cream truck. I got it for $3 over here, not yeah. $4. I remember when I was a kid, an ice cream truck used to pull up uh, right outside my elementary school, and um, all of us, all me included, would take our lunch money and go run to the ice cream truck and buy ice cream before the school doors opened. And then we, you know, eat them real fast and then go in. Yeah. Uh, the school had to tell the ice cream guy to stop coming around. And then, well, like, why? yeah, and made an announcement to the whole school, stop going to the ice cream man. He should not be taking your lunch money to, you know, have ice cream. Then you're starving for the rest of the day. Uh, and so 
Well, he no, came I think that's a, good, again. that's a good life lesson to teach the children. I it mean, is a good life lesson, except that he came around again later. Like, a week or two later, he was out there in the parking lot area ringing the bell. And you could see, like, a teacher running out towards him, like, get out of here! <laughs> and all of us kids, we've got our noses pressed against the window, like, the ice cream man's back. <laughs> but beyond that, uh, we had our own adventures tonight, just getting a beer and a burger at the local bar restaurant nearby my place. Yep. Uh, we ran into what's-her-name again. Yeah. What was her name? I'm not going to call her out on here. She's never going to listen. Well, but what if our listeners dox her or something? I'm not going to... Yeah, we got like three listeners. Yeah, and one of them might be crazy. <laughs> I suppose. Well, that woman was back with her mom. Uh, the, this woman being the recruiter. Yeah. I don't know. Did we even talk about this? No, we did talk okay, about her before. You pulled up her uh, information. I think you might have even called her up by name. I yeah, I, I maybe I'm connected with her on LinkedIn. She was she was saying she was a recruiter last time we ran into her at the bar. Did she chat you up at all when you connected on LinkedIn? Any no. little messages? No, no. Oh, okay. No, oh, she's not really uh, driven. She doesn't really care about her uh, job. Yeah, huh? I don't think she's a very good recruiter. Nah, she's not a very good recruiter. No. Uh, last time she brought her mom to the restaurant and kept talking about her mom kind of separately as if the mom wasn't there. And then finally, yeah, it was like point dismissively where, in, the, in the third person. And yeah. she was sitting right there, and you had to ask, Is, is this, it, your, is mom? this your mom? And the mom's like, Mm hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> this poor lady uh, that she wheels in in a wheelchair and then has her sit there. So we were walking in tonight, and we see her sitting out there. We're like, Ah, oh, damn it, she's back. And I, can, I was considering sitting inside, and you're like, No, we're not sitting inside. Uh, so we go outside, and. Uh, and immediately she sees you and goes, hey, uh, I almost didn't recognize you with the glasses, which is dumb because you wear glasses all the time. Yeah, that's how I see. I have poor <laughs> eyesight. I need the glasses to see. I have ocular problems. Uh, so then you're like, well, maybe it was different glasses. And something about that gave her the snub that we both wanted. She stopped talking to us for the rest of the night. Yeah, she didn't say another word to us. It was nice. Yeah, and so that was nice. But then we had some weird twitchy young man come over and like chat next to us at the table. Yeah. Uh, so that made me fearful that she was going to think, oh, it's okay to talk to these guys. But she didn't. She minded her own business. Uh, she ordered a ton of drinks. Her mom had two Bloody Marys. Yep. And then when the waiter came around, they said they wanted their check. She made them pay separate, which yeah, is weird. I don't know why that offended me. It sort of feels like, eh, if you're bringing your mom out here so you can drink a lot and uh, try and chat up strangers, you know, at least pay for her drinks or pay for her food and stuff. Nope, separate checks. And then wheeled her mom on out and got her back in the car and took off. Yeah. I mean, it seemed, they have a nice relationship, it seems like. Yeah, it seems weird. Good. It almost seems yeah. like the mom doesn't want to be there. I almost feel like you and I need to make an intervention if we see them again. No, we, we stay out of that. We steal the mom away. Take no. her to someplace nice. I don't want the mom either. <laughs> I've got my own mom. Can you imagine? I'm sure that that woman is also, you know, trying to meet people in a romantic level. Uh, can you imagine what that would be like? Hey, come back to my house. I'll put my mom in her room. <laughs> we could have some privacy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let's move on to Backyard Blast Bird Blurb. Backyard Blast Bird Blurb. I'll <laughs> announce it because you're not doing nothing. Read it. Gretchen's Backyard Blast Bird Blurb. There you go. The yellow warbler is the most widespread warbler. <laughs> they nest across much of the U.S. and Canada. Out of all the warblers. Yeah, the most widespread. Okay, of all I just want to be clear on that. The yellow. It seems like a very bold statement. Yes, well, I mean, one of the warblers has to be the most widespread, and it's the yellow. Are they competing with other warblers? Are there other warbler breeds out there? that they're like neck and neck with? They nest across much of the U.S. and Canada, hmm. seen in gardens and shrubby areas near water. <laughs> they are prolific insect eaters. <laughs> the females are pale lemon colored. The males are bright yellow with orange streaks on their chests. Hmm. They begin to migrate in July and are gone by August. Well, gone from where? Like, yeah. they're somewhere. Where are they migrating to and from? Yeah. Gretchen. God damn it, Gretchen. What do you mean they're gone? They're dead by August? <laughs> or they're just elsewhere by August? I, How like, prolific can they be? They migrate at night 
in mixed flocks of warblers. Mixed what? Mixed flocks of warblers. Okay. That's kind of nice. The yellow breeds? I guess so. The ones they're competing with. Well, maybe they're not competing. It's uh, inclusive. Like, yeah. <laughs> we could all learn a lesson from the warblers. Maybe we could. They rest and feed during the day. They spend the winter in southern states, Mexico, and Central and South America. Oh, fuck you, Gretchen. <laughs> oh, <They're>, God. Sound <laughs> effect? <clears throat> their song consists uh, of high, clear notes of sweet, 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 sweet. <laughs> can, can, I get, can I get that one more time? <laughs> it sometimes sounds like, sweet, 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 I'm so sweet. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> can you do both variations one more time? <laughs> sweet, 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 tee, 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 sweet. <laughs> What's the other one? Sweet, 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 I'm so sweet. <laughs> I like to think that that's not what they sound like at all, but your mom just wanted to make you say those things. Probably. Oh, God, that was good. Uh, what's the difference between a fish and a guitar? Um, you can't tune a fish. <laughs> yeah, okay. Any mm. others? What did the fish say when he swam into the wall? I don't know. Damn! <laughs> did it have a bunch of A's on it? No, I did that. Oh, okay. All right. I took license. <laughs> Why can you never trust atoms? I don't know. They make up everything. Oh, look at that. That's clever. Yeah. A little science fact. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, no knock-knock joke, apparently. <gasps> no knock-knock jokes? What the fuck, Gretchen? That's crazy. You have nothing to try and base your joke attempt off of this time. You oh, yeah, to, like, maybe, she did, maybe she didn't like what I did last time. Yeah, maybe. You had, a, you had a couple attempts there that were very uh, very vulgar. I was kind of surprised. Okay, is that it for uh, Gretchen's Backyard Blast? Did she get any teeth things, anything like that? Uh, no, no trench mouth anecdotes or anything this week. That's, that's it. Thank you, Gretchen, as always. No, thank you, Gretchen. That was nice. Yeah. Well, let's move on to our next segment. What's up? New yeah. books for teens? That's slap. Woo-woo! What is that? You've never really nailed what your thing is with that section. <laughs> it's never really working. Uh, one of them's going to stick one of these days. Crying Laughing by Lance Robin. Ruben. Damn it. I'm already screwing up. I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to power through this thing. Uh, oh, my tr- God. The fucking cover is just emojis. Damn it. You're quick. Oh. About crying I, I already hate this book. A tragic comic story of bad dates, bad news, bad performances, and one girl's determination to find the funny in high school <laughs> from the author of Denton Little's Death Date, which also sounds like a horrible book. Winnie Friedman has been waiting for the world to catch on to what she already knows. She's hilarious. It might be a long wait, though, after bombing a stand-up set at her own bat mitzvah. Uh, is it bat mitzvah? Bat mitzvah, yeah. Bat mitzvah. That's eh, for the everything. For the I know ladies. It's bar mitzvah and bat well, mitzvah. Can we move huh? on? Are you still talking? You asked me. <laughs> let's try it. And then you just talked over my uh, response Yep, because I figured it out. Winnie has kept her jokes to herself. Well, to herself and her dad, a former comedian and her inspiration. Then, on the second day of 10th grade, the funniest guy in school actually laughs at a comment she makes in the lunch line and asks her to join the improv troupe in high school. The fuck? <laughs> Wait, is he flirting? Yeah, maybe he's even dot, dot, dot in the italics flirting. <laughs> Who says, hey, that joke you said in line at the lunch line? That was pretty good. <laughs> We got a small improv troupe. Hey, nothing big. You want to come join it? <laughs> I like your maxi, sweet cakes. Why don't you join our troupe? <laughs> hey, where are you going on those getaway sticks? You got a you got a pretty funny mouth on that face. <laughs> yeah, real fine piece of cheese there, lady. <laughs> the cheese, that's right. 
Just when Winnie's ready to say yes to co- uh, comedy again, her father reveals that he's been diagnosed with ALS. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> oh, that's funny. That took quite a turn. Yeah, no, uh, I, that's very everything's funny. Everything's been a laugh riot until yep, this. That is very funny. That is dot, 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 not funny. Oh, it's not funny. Okay, I was oh, wrong. Man, we I thought pretty that hard funny. on that. Now I feel like a bad person. Yeah, yeah we I really... thought that was supposed to be funny. Whew. It's going to take a, a, a lot of magic and editing to try and make us not yeah. sound like we we're laughing at that. ALS is no laughing matter, people. Well, it is no laughing matter. Weird that it's in this story. That's, yeah. Instead of just saying like he's got cancer, they went for something specific like ALS. Oh, her dad's still making jokes, though, which feels like a good thing. And Winnie's prepared to be his straight man if that's what he wants. But is it what he needs? Ben, stop looking for the cat. Caught up in a spiral of epically, epically? I can't talk. Bad dates, bad news, and bad performances. Winnie's struggling to see the humor in it all. But finding a way to laugh is exactly what will see her through. This is a Junior Library Guild selection. Okay. Which you can get on August 3rd on paperback for $9.99 at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, uh, Hudson Booksellers, Indie Bounds, Powell's, Target, uh, my favorite, Books-A-Million. Yeah. I just like the name. Yeah. I'm sure the store sucks. I know. But you know one store that doesn't suck? Uh, well, bookshop.org does not suck. I know that. Because bookshop.org <laughs> is on a mission to financially support independent booksellers. Head over to bookshop.org slash shop slash Nuzzle House and check out the Nuzzle House store there. <laughs> so eerie that you can just do that off the top of your head. It's weird because I know you're not looking at notes. And Walmart! <laughs> well, with that... <laughs> uh, okay. Do you like my Walmart? Yeah, I do. That's uh, great. Can, okay, so talking about this book. Hold on. Oh, the book we just... For the teens? Yeah. Yeah? Um, okay, so it was originally released in, in hardcover back on November 19th, 2019. Did you go and look at the backstory in this book? Why are you trying to take ownership of this thing? You're going to appreciate that. I'm doing right, this in fine. a sec, okay? Just wait till I get where I'm going here. <laughs> so November 19th, 2019 is when it was released originally. Fine. Uh, I'm looking at the reviews on Goodreads. The, uh, the first one is from October 11th, 2019, so a full month plus before it was released. Okay. It's a five-star review. A month before it's released? Yes. Oh, that doesn't sound uh, suspicious at all. And the review reads, I wrote this book. <laughs> I am really proud of it, and I hope you enjoy. <laughs> five stars from the author. <laughs> this review is actually 4.5 stars, but I rounded up to five because I wrote it. That's from Lance Rubin, author of <laughs> Crying Laughing, reviewing his own book on Goodreads. Oh, that is a good find. Okay, yeah. you being a, a nosy Nelly yeah. uh, actually paid off in the end. Wow, that's a ballsy move. Maybe he thinks it's a funny comedy thing to do, which falls in line with the outlook of the uh, protagonist's uh, worldview within this story. Until the dad gets ALS. Let's move on to the next section. This week, we started reading uh, Midnight Sun by Stephanie Meyer. Uh, background on the book? <sighs> I know. Why do we do this to ourselves? We've both agreed that this is the last one we read. Because there is another one. We're, we're done. not reading it. No, we're done. We're done. This is the last toilet. August 4th, 2020 is when it was uh, released. A 2020 companion novel to it the It was 2000- by far the worst thing that happened in 2020. <laughs> It's companion all the 2005 book Twilight. Uh, there's kind of a lot of information here that I stole off of Wikipedia that is kind of interesting, so I'm going to be talking for a little bit. So just okay. sit back, pet the cat, enjoy yourself. Well, I might interject with some things. Oh, you can absolutely inject with some Don't things. Don't you want my witty asides to be in there? Yeah, are they? Mm. The work retells can, the events of Twilight from the perspective of Edward Cullen yeah. instead of the series' usual narrator, Bella. Uh, Meyer said that Twilight was to be the only book uh, from the series that she planned to rewrite from Edward's perspective. Not true, because she rewrote Twilight where they changed genders. So she's rewritten this book three goddamn times. Yeah, but she's saying it's the only one of the saga that she's going to write from Edward's perspective. <laughs> specifically. Oh, yeah, I suppose. I think that's how it that seems reads. like a weird. If you've already been juggling around so much other crap uh, around this first book, do you really need to define that? I mean, who even cares at this point? To give them a better feel of Edward's character, Meyer allowed Catherine Hardwick, the director of the film's adaptation of Twilight, and Robert Pattinson, the actor playing Edward, 
to read some completed chapters of the novel while they shot the film. Not uh, what's her name that played Bella. Yeah, Chris Stewart. No. Yeah. Just the director. She just, she just made them do it. it she, it's not like she allowed them to. There's like, read this. Oh, can you imagine? So read my book. It's about are, you. We already know that Robert Pattinson doesn't have a lot of good feelings about the movie or the author yeah. or the books or anything. Because so imagine him back actor, then feeling like, here, I'm letting you read some of this. No one else gets to. And he's like, thank you. <laughs> like he doesn't. And I'm sure he's forced to read it because she's going to ask him questions later. August 28, 2008, Meyer halted the writing of Midnight Sun in response to the leak of 12 chapters of the unfinished manuscript on the internet. She stated, If I try to write Midnight Sun now, my current frame of mind, James would probably win and all the Collins would die. Which is just a shitty, dumb thing to say. Like, I'm so mad, I'd ruin everything. It wasn't, like, the plot's already been established. You're just... She's just being petulant. (sighs) Much like Bella, which she's written... uh, James would probably win and all the Collins would die. In any case, I feel too sad about what's her what's husband's happened. name is like Trooper or something. Yeah, it's Pancho, <laughs> or it's Christian with like nine A's. <laughs> uh, what, it's uh, in any case, I feel too sad about what's happened to continue working on Midnight Sun, so it's on hold indefinitely. She made a twelve chapter draft available on her website in fairness to her readers. Now the novel has been compromised before its intended publication date. Meyer also stated that she does not believe the manuscript was leaked by any malicious intent, and she would not give names, so she knows who did it. Oh, do you think and, it's Robert Pattinson? <laughs> Maybe that's the catch there because she can't. He's the star of the movie yeah. along with uh, what's her what's her name? The Kristen actress. Stewart. Kristen Stewart. I already I already said that. You before. said that, but I wasn't listening. I was too busy reading. I'm focusing on myself, Ben. I'm trying to perform right now. Yeah. Is this an entertainment program? Um, no, so it's up to listeners. Decide. Listeners, email us and let us know if this is entertaining. <laughs> yeah, why is anybody emailing us? <laughs> what's the email address? Is it just nuzzlehouse at gmail or something? You don't even know. Oh, glenn.nuzzles at gmail.com. <laughs> uh, so anyways, so she knows who leaked it, but the person's important enough that all she could do was throw this kind of side tantrum, which I think is hilarious. Uh, so you're probably right. It's probably Robert Pattinson that did it. In a November 2008 interview, Meyer said that it's really complicated because everyone knows, everyone is now in the driver's seat where they can make judgment calls. I do not feel alone with the manuscript, and I cannot write when I don't feel alone. Uh, she said that her goal was to go for uh, around two years without hearing about Midnight Sun, and then she thought she could be work, uh, on the novel again when she was sure that everyone's forgotten about it. <clears throat> and then I wrote, that's a nice excuse to say screw you to the fans who've been paying her bills for all these years. 2015, following the release of Life and Death, The Twilight Reimagined. Wait, what the fuck is that? Uh, is that the gender swap it's one? It's the true story. Well, no, it's not. Oh, a, sorry. A True Story, it's a publication or whatever, awarded the book four out of five stars, but noted it's a lot of it's copied and pasted from Twilight. It's a recycled story. It's a shameless, same, shameless Wait, what got, cash cow. Are we talking about Midnight Sun? What are we talking about? We're talking about the Life and Death Twilight Reimagined. It's a novel gender bending. Oh, that's okay. Where Meyer felt comfortable to pick up writing again. She uh, said at the Comic-Con panel 2015, what do you think was the top story in Yahoo the next morning? Gray. She's referring to Gray, the Fifty Shades of Gray, is told by Christian, which, as the subtitle says, is a retelling of the first Fifty Shades of Gray through the book uh, through Christian's eyes. It was a little flip of the table moment for me, Meyer reportedly said. So she wrote this book about Twilight where she switched the genders and then E.L. James, being the weird copycat that she is, literally like she released this thing and then E.L. James is like, okay, I gotta do the same thing. (laughs) Oh my God, I hate all these people. However, in May 2020, Meyer announced that the book would be released on August 4th, 2020. Uh, Some background on the author. Born Stephanie Morgan, December 24th, 1973. Married at the age of 21 to Christian with two A's, in quotes, Pancho Meyer in 1994, at the age of 21. Why is his dumb nickname always prominent in every article that ever refers to their marriage? Why is it that Stephanie Meyer or Christian is saying, like, make sure to put Pancho in there? Always put Pancho in quotes. <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to read off all the fun facts because we have a lot of this book to read, so I'm going to save some of them. So one okay. of my fun facts is critics panned the novel with the review oh, aggregator. Oh, why? Because shit? Yeah, reporting one positive and two mixed reviews out of a total of nine reviews. Ellie Hunt at The Guardian wrote that the book is chronically overwritten and under-edited. Uh, she lamented the lack of new lore and how the strict adherence to scenes in the original Twilight made the book boring. I'm just going to sit on that for a little bit. Uh, because I have so many more and we have so much more to read in the future with this shit. 
Got anything you want to add? No. I didn't think so. <laughs> Did you want me to add something? I don't know. I don't know if you grabbed any fun tidbits. This is the last Twilight book we're reading. You know, this is oh. the time to start grabbing the fun tidbits. Get get your get Thank your knees dirty. God. You want to get the overview of the book, Ben? Well, I'm just trying to figure out why his nickname is Poncho. Yeah, why is it prominent? I don't know. He is literally always mentioned with Poncho in quotes. Why is he making sure the world knows his completely uncreative nickname? Yeah, I just know that his nickname is Poncho, but nobody tells me why. Let's move on to the book review. Why don't you give the overview of the story? Yeah, so the story that we missed so much, we're back... We're back in high school for some reason, because they're, like, immortal vampires, so they go to high school. Um... (laughs) Uh, so it's from, we already know this. It's the first book all over again. Yeah, it's just the first book. We already know the stupid story. This is from Edward's perspective this time. So, um, the new revelations here are, uh, Bella smells really good. And (laughs) Edward can read people's thoughts, so he knows all the girls think he's really hot. Yep. And also they don't like him and they hate him and they shun him and his family. But at the same time... He's the hottest thing on the face of the earth. And yeah. everyone wants to sleep with him. And then we it get makes no sense. The other like insight we get is like how creepy of a stalker Edward really is. Mm-hmm. Just going over to Bella's house every night to watch her sleep and following her everywhere and mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, that's about it. But yeah, they're they're still in high school. Like why are they in high school? Go to college. Why do you go to high school? Anyway, that that's the plot. Whatever, it's it's high school. Yeah, that's basically the plot. It's the first Twilight it's the first book. book all over again. So we already know all the events. Leading, yeah. And I don't then, remember all the details because it was dumb the first time around, and now I'm yeah. having to revisit it from Edward's perspective. I know. Like, oh, I see how this all ties together. You know, it only, you know, if you've read the first book or listened to our episodes about the first book, uh, they get up to where they go to Seattle in chapter nine Port Angeles. Port Angeles. That's kind of goes like, dress shopping. That's kind of like with the last. Jessica. Like and nothing the happens other girl. up till that. Yeah. So it's just high school, high school, high school up till she almost gets. Kind of assaulted? Yeah, Edward, yeah, Edward breaks up the attempted rape. Yeah, so I made a couple notes based on the chapters. You know, Edward's in school, he can read minds, and he thinks it's lame that the other students are excited for a new student to show up. I wrote, do students actually get excited for a new kid to come in? I don't remember. Apparently in this world they do. Like, oh boy, somebody new's coming. I can't wait to see him. Uh, most are jealous. Uh, Edward can't read her mind. Uh, he finds her scent the sweetest blood he's ever smelled. And I yeah. said, hey, Ben, remember that scene where we watched the movie and he was just sitting there ejaculating in his seat? <laughs> remember <laughs> his face where he's like blinking weird with his mouth open? <laughs> God, that was so bad. <laughs> Everything about this is bad. Uh, he contemplates killing her, blah, blah, blah. He tries to transfer out of class, which I wrote is still hilarious. I, I'm sorry. Can we just back up a little bit? Mm-hmm. So we read the first third of the book. Yeah. Because the book's goddamn near 700 pages long for some reason. Is it longer than the first one? It is, I think. Yeah, I think you're probably right. It, uh, why is it so long? Nothing happened. Uh. Right, sorry, sorry I interrupted you. No, it's fine. Um... So he does that thing where he tries to transfer classes as a 100-year-old-plus man. Yeah, in high school. Instead of just leaving high school and not being in it to begin with, he's like, I got to go transfer classes. (laughs) So he goes there. But then he runs into her. Um, Some of my comments about that is there's already frowns mentioned right in the first chapter. Yeah. People are frowning left and right, which is your favorite. And grinning. They're grinning. That's my favorite. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, I I, uh, have it on the Kindle so I can look up our grin and frown counts. Uh, the fucking school administrator wants to have sex with him. She says, and I quote, he's too young. She's too young, she thought. <laughs> uh, then when he sees Bella, he says that her skin was so translucent, uh, it's hard to believe it offered her much protection from the outside world. That's a cool quote. <sighs> <laughs> Spends a long time thinking about how to kill her in front of all the other students because he was actually planning on killing her with all the students there. That was a twist on that chapter that we don't normally get. Yeah. Uh, this is probably the most detailed out of all the chapters of anything new, and then she just goes right back into copying and pasting her first book. Pretty much. Uh, oh, and he admits to knowing that every house, he knows every house in this tiny town, meaning that he spies on people while they're sleeping in all their homes. Yeah. Disgusting. Uh, chapter two, Edward goes to Alaska to escape for a while, then nothing really happens. Uh, then he goes back and decides... Uh, he decides to go back and be Bella's lab partner. He notes that she's intuitive, and I said, nope. 
uh, <laughs> selfless? And I said, nope. No. And she's intelligent. And I said, nope. Mm, no. And he struggles not to kill her, of course. Rosalie says, I don't want to move again. We're almost out of high school, finally. Again, just go to college then. I know. When, when that quote came up, I was like, wait a minute. So this family's been fighting to get through high school for eons, and they're almost close to graduating? Yeah, is that... What's going uh, on with that? Uh, they don't need to be there. Why are they trying to get through it? It makes no sense. It's so stupid. It's all so dumb. Bella says to him, are you wearing contacts? And he almost smiled at the idea of improving his eyesight. Because Stephanie Meyer's got to keep rubbing it in that vampires are perfect. And people just don't understand how perfect they are. Even down to something stupid comment about his eyes. He's like, <laughs> yeah, my eyes don't need it. So he's got it. some wet hair again. There's more descriptions of you that. You know, there was less descriptions about his wet hair because it's coming from his point of view. some description of it still. Was there? Like, did he reflect on like, yeah, I came in and boy, was my hair wet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, chapter three, I have nothing because nothing happens. Well, he, he listened has- to a CD of violent music in chapter three. Oh, does he? <laughs> Which I, I'm curious. I want to speculate. Uh, what would Stephanie Meyer think is a CD of violent music? Ooh, probably Linkin Park. Yeah, something like that. Ooh, Limp Biscuit. The Who's dev- the one that sings uh, Let the Bodies Hit the Floor? That'd be one. Oh, yeah. I don't. Is that Slipknot or something? I don't remember. Is it Slipknot? I don't know. Eh, it could have been Corn. I don't think it was Corn. <laughs> Uh, the only thing I picked out of Chapter 3 is that um, he's deciding on leaving for good, but Alice finally sees a, bis- a vision where Bella gets crushed by a car. Oh, it was a uh, drowning pool. Oh, was it drowning in the pool? I thought no, it was crushed by a car. Drowning pool is the name of the band that performed the song yeah, they Bodies. One Hit Wonder. I've never yeah. heard Drowning in the Pool uh, come no, out with anything. Drowning Pool. Drowning in the Pool. No. Anyways... Uh, Alice finally has a vision about something specific, and it's not all vague that's not right. It was the theme song for the 2001 WWF Summer Slam. It's also a song that a lot of military played when they were in Iraq uh, back in the early 2000s, I heard. It was very popular to play when they were running around tanks and stuff. Edward uh, decides not to take off because she might get killed by a car. So then he saves her, but then, of course, it shows that he's a vampire and blah, blah. Nobody fucking cares. Chapter 4, Visions. Nothing. Jasper says he's willing to kill her because she knows that they're vampires now. (laughs) Are you really going to play this right now? Okay, yeah. It still slaps. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you can be done now. <laughs> I don't need to hear the whole intro of the song. Mike Newton does play a bigger role in this book than before because Stephanie Meyer can't find a conflict for Edward. So all she can do, because Jacob's not in the picture yet, so all she can do is keep shoehorning Mike in as some sort of yeah. potential... And Edward keeps getting really angry listening to Mike's Newton's thoughts about Bella. Yes. Uh, Edward wants to be the center of attention, so he goes over and apologizes for being a turd, and, uh, and then also says, like, after with like all the Mike stuff, and then also says, we better not be friends, which is classic manipulative behavior. If he doesn't want to be friends with her, just don't talk to her. But instead yeah. he puts on a show of like, hey, I'm sorry about the way I acted earlier. really wasn't fair to you. We should never talk again. <laughs> My comments being, uh, there's a, a quote, Bella was kind, selfless, and brave. Uh, She was good through and through. She has never shown herself to be any of those things in any of the books. No. Just selfish and petulant the entire time. Yes. And then also another fantastic quote. Could a dead, frozen heart love again? (laughs) 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 And after watching her her reject guy after guy for the dance, he worries that she will randomly get killed, so he goes to her house to watch her sleep. Just dumb. (sighs) Very dumb. Why, yeah, why, why doesn't the rest of the family think she smells irresistible? You know, that's a really good point. Oh, Ben, we've had that chestnut staring us in the face all these books, and I've never thought of that. Yeah. Why is Edward the only one that can't resist himself around her? I don't know. To the point where he has to love her. Yeah. Instead of killing her. Everyone does want to eat her. Uh, Chapter 7, 8, nothing. Port Angeles in Chapter 9. He does this uh, classic line, prattle on about something unimportant to calm me down when he saves her from the murderers. Um, oh, he gets flirted on by the hot waitress when he takes her out to eat in Port Angeles. Uh, <laughs> gets flirted on? Yeah. Because okay. everyone flirts on him. They flirt all over him. 
Lots of wet flirts. Oh, but so then uh, the classic line of prattle on about something unimportant to calm me down. That's that's a line from the first book, which is pretty offensive. Uh, and then Stephanie Meyer tries to kind of explain it away by saying like uh, about how perfect and intelligent she is as she prattles on about something unimportant to satisfy or distract him. Yeah. Like, wow, she's so perfect and intelligent. Even though what she's complaining about, which was uh, Tyler has been bragging about bringing her to the prom. How do you talk about that and come off as like... So hyper intelligent God I appreciate you so much when she's just like this guy's bragging about taking me to the prom when he's not yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna run him over yeah I know uh, when they go to the restaurant the hostess thinks in her head mmm what a voice <laughs> <laughs> chapter 10 uh, nothing when he's talking about the color of his eyes uh, when he has the thirst Bella says I've noticed that men get crabby when they're hungry you're very observant he says and also, yeah, that, a, what a what an insight! I know that's part oh, of her charm, wow. her hyper intelligence, all that good stuff. Uh, and then also, there's a Jessica talking to Bella about her date uh, is boring and sad to read, but Edward laughs while eavesdropping as if it's actually an interesting conversation because he's like listening. In, I don't know. I hate it. I hate that he's supposed <laughs> to be old and smart, and he gets excited about these 16-year-olds talking about, like, and then this guy no. was a jerk for a day, and he's like, nah. <laughs> it's just, it's so stupid. Also, there's a long diatribe about her ugly sweater and talking about the shapes of her body in this chapter, which I was thinking, maybe Ben should read this part. Oh, yeah. So that'd Probably be a nice should. read yeah, for that. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Well, uh, discussion questions, Ben. It's a new segment I'm adding to the show. All right. Uh, who would you dread being in a five-hour car ride with? Stephanie Meyer or E.L. James from Fifty Shades of Grey? I'm going to say E.L. James because uh, yeah. she's so aggressive and angry and resentful and bitter. I'm going to say E.L. James also just because... Oh, God, I don't know. That's a tough one. Um, yeah, E.L. James. Yeah, E.L. James. Yeah. Um... Does this still count as a coming-of-age story if he's over 100 and romantically and sexually involved with <laughs> a 16-year-old? Or would it just be a pedophile story? Yeah, that's a pedophile story. I was thinking the yeah, same it's thing. It's a creepy man. stalker pedophile story. We're of the same mind. Well, all right, with that... Uh, <laughs> that was the discussion. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Listeners, why don't you think about that yourselves and feel free to talk amongst your friends. Email us. <laughs> Please, why isn't anyone emailing us? <laughs> uh, what sucked... Uh, just going through this oh, fucking must experience all over again. We read 220 pages and nothing fucking happened. I know. Like, the whole thing is it's from Edward's perspective, and he can read minds. So we get all these thoughts, from, and it's all boring and trite. And it's just like, I know. And there's a lot of apologizing for uh, Bella because she's had a decade's worth of people saying all your characters are empty and hollow and there's nothing lovable about this woman who's the center of all these people loving her. Yeah. And so she's like, this is her chance, I guess. She's trying to turn it around, but she's doing it in the most half-assed way that it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's so bad. It's horrible. So, uh, And we're only a third of the way done with that. I know. <laughs> um, let's get a frown count, Ben. <laughs> yes. And, I have the, uh, and then a grin count. Frowns? Wow, there's only 70 matches for frown. That's frowning, frown, frowned. It's pretty much every variation of the word frown. Well, only but that's, 70. Well, in 200 and however many pages. So that's one every three pages. Probably, that's yeah. A, that's a pretty thick frown count. Uh, for grins? Yeah. We're looking at 88 grins okay. and variations of grin. Grinning, grinned, yeah, the whole thing. So that's one every two and a half pages or whatever. <laughs> yes. It's still a lot of grins. You're I feel g- like there was a lot more in the subsequent books. Well, you're getting either a grin or a frown once every page and a quarter or something. Yeah, I suppose you're right. Well, uh, so what's good? Nope. I don't know. No, there's nothing. How can one author rewrite their book three times. How can you keep going back and visiting that over and over again as the creator of it? You'd be sick of it. There's literally thousands of pages of this garbage in existence. Yes, um, it doesn't. She, isn't she tired of it? Doesn't she no. want to go and write something else? No, she wants to still be in high school. Like I, Stephanie Meyer is a sick person. She 
has created this character that I'm sure she's inserting herself into. Yes. All the fussiness and the infantilizing and the drama and the me, me, me and all this kind of crap is like all that Bella is. And then it's like you have an author that just keeps writing about this one successful storyline over and over for infinity. It's it's just her and she just wants to keep living it. I hate that I'm getting inside the mind of this author right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be there. I don't want to be there either. No. Because I'm in there and I don't like what I see and I want to get out. Yeah. What the hell? I don't know. Again, why doesn't the rest of the family find Bella irresistible? That's a very That's... good observation. You really nailed that one, man. Yeah. Uh, also, I don't know. Why is it that the family is dying to finish high school? I <laughs> But also they have to keep changing their names and changing cities uh, all the time. They made that clear in the beginning of this book at one point. One of these times we're going to graduate. Yeah. And then it's like, but we've got to graduate. It's like, just, yeah. They talk about how they, they don't try to kill people, so they eat animals. It's like, well, then why are you on the run? If you're just living this quiet life, why can't you get three to four years in a town where you can finish high school? <laughs> why have you been doing it for 100 years and you can't yeah. complete it? That's more of an interesting story. Another thing being, Edward, we don't know a whole lot about his life before this. Just kind of yeah. like surface level. He almost died, so what's-his-name saved him? Yeah. Uh, if Stephanie took the time to flesh out this character's life before, which I don't want to give her any ideas. She'll never hear this podcast, but if she did, I don't want to give her any ideas. Where she wrote about Edward before he became a vampire. Would be a failure of a book. But it would be hilarious to try and write about a character that has a whole life ahead of him and promise and uh, is interesting and likable and a deep character who, after becoming a vampire, is reduced to this sniveling, pathetic thing that can't finish high school and keeps lusting after (laughs) (laughs) 16-year-olds. Like, I served in the Civil War. I saved many men's lives. I've done all this. And now I just want to get this girl. (laughs) And I want to finish high school. (laughs) Would we recommend it? No! Of course not. Well, with that, why don't we go on over to Ben's Corner. Ben's Corner! Yes. Why don't you read your stuff, Ben? Yeah, so they're in Port Angeles now. This is after the uh, attempted rape and murder that Everett broke up. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I guess it wasn't even attempted. He broke it up before the, the attempt happened. It's true, because he's a genius. Yeah. Everything he does is perfect. Uh, so anyway, they're uh, going to the restaurant. Bella's meeting up with uh, Jessica and D'Angelo? Is that the... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they had plans for dinner or whatever, so um, Edward takes her to the restaurant. Angela frowned. Um, actually, Bella, we already ate while we were waiting, she admitted. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Shut up, Jessica complained internally. Bella shrugged casually So at ease Definitely in shock That's fine! I'm not hungry! (laughs) I think you should eat something I disagreed (laughs) Oh, it's like Fifty Shades of Grey (laughs) You need to eat I don't need you getting emaciated (laughs) She needed sugar in her bloodstream Though it smelled sweet enough as it was I thought, Riley The horror was going to come crashing down on her momentarily and an empty stomach wouldn't help. She was an easy <laughs> fainter, as I knew from experience. <laughs> These girls wouldn't be in any danger if they went straight home. Danger didn't stalk their every step. What? Because <laughs> it stalks Bella's every step. Yeah, but they're young women. Yeah. They'll stalk their every step, too. And I'd rather be alone with Bella, as long as she was willing to be alone with me. <laughs> She doesn't have a choice. He watches her sleep. (laughs) Do you mind if I drive Bella home tonight? I said to Jessica before Bella could respond. That way you won't have to wait while she eats. (laughs) Oh, no problem, I guess. Jessica stared intently at Bella. And what kind of friends are these? Are they like, well, yeah, we'll leave him with the creepy guy, the hot creepy guy from school. He still Mm, can be a creepy guy. He's really hot, though. He is. That's true. If you're hot, you're not dangerous. She probably wants him to herself. Who wouldn't? Jess thought. (laughs) At the same time, she watched Bella wink. (laughs) Bella winked? Okay, said Angela quickly in a hurry to be out of the way if that was what Bella wanted. And it seemed that she did want that. 
See you tomorrow, Bella. Edward. <laughs> My voice. <laughs> when you burnt for Bert and Ernie. <laughs> I mean, there's like four voices in this scene. I guess <laughs> really this is mix hard. It up. Yeah, yeah, I don't have that much range, so this is, this is tricky for me. <laughs> She struggled to say my name in a casual tone. Then she grabbed Jessica's hand and began towing her away. I would find some way to thank Angela for this. Willie? I don't know. I don't think he'd ever talk to him otherwise. Jessica's car was close by in a bright circle of light cast by a street lamp. Bella watched them carefully, a little crease of concern between her eyes, until they were in the car. So she must be somewhat aware of the danger she'd been in. Jessica waved as she drove away and Bella waved back. It wasn't until the car disappeared that she took a deep breath and turned to look up at me. Honestly, I'm not hungry! <laughs> she said. That, That's it? Uh, sure. <laughs> That's a pretty good ending, I guess. That ending makes as much sense as anything else. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not hungry in this time. Uh, I just... I just like the line about the sugar in her bloodstream. God Though it damn smelled it. sweet enough as it was. You know, with all the Fifty Shades of Grey eating stuff, that was a really big focus on that. Like, you got to eat. I'm making sure you're eating. And have yeah. you, Like, when he sees her, have you eaten yet? And yep. I don't think that Edward trying to make sure she's eating is that hyper-focused in this story, but the E.L. James really picked that out. Is like, oh, yeah, that's getting me hot. <laughs> <laughs> so here we got an example of it. It's really not that big of a deal. All right, Ben. Well, with that, uh, when's the next time we're going to keep reading this fucking thing? In two weeks, the next ten chapters. All right. From chapter 11 to chapter 20. Oh, I hate everything about this. I'm so glad we both agreed we're not going to read the gender swap one, because I don't want to read the first Twilight book again from a different (laughs) angle. Because so much of this is copy and pasted. It's It's just ridiculous. It's like the last one we read. I was thinking, like... You go in kind of like, okay, this is going to be funny. And then you just start to get just the soul sucked out of you. Because it's like, I'm just reading the most repetitive shit on the face of the earth. And nobody's likable. Everyone sucks. But now I'm reading the first book, but they're trying to be creative with the first book. But it still sucks as much as the first book. <laughs> oh, it sucks real hard. Yeah. It's like I have nothing. I have no love and no energy for this at all. This is a labor of hate. Yeah, it is. Well, with that, tune in two weeks from now as we read ten more chapters of this shit. <laughs> and thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah, uh, email us, too. Yeah, why is nobody emailing? <laughs> if you liked what you heard on this episode of The Book Boys, how about you check out the website? Go over to nuzzlehouse.com. There you can see all of the previous episodes of The Book Boys, as well as Glenn's other project, Leaves of Glenn. Also there, there's a link to our affiliate shop at bookshop.org. It's bookshop.org slash shop slash nuzzlehouse. Bookshop.org is on a mission to financially support independent booksellers. Also, find us and follow us on social media. We're on Twitter and Insta. Now, careful, this one's a little backwards. We're there at House Nuzzle. Not Nuzzle House. That's House Nuzzle on Twitter and Instagram. Go ahead and slide into our DMs if you have any praise or suggestions or complaints. We'll take anything. Please just pay attention to us and interact with us. Thank you for listening.